Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Times fast and bam, it's Friday. Looking I back, wish it was that easy. Kind of seems like that's what we did, sir. Well, if you turn around fast enough and fall back and hit your head, you'll be out so long that <laughs> maybe when you wake up, it will be Friday. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's Friday. Uh, welcome to the News Roundtable. Uh, I don't know if he was listening to yesterday's show. There's a part of me that would like to think that he was, but uh, Governor Pritzker... Has, uh, and I'm going to guess that it has to do with uh, people questioning how he framed the potential monies brought in from the progressive graduated fair tax and set them aside. And uh, the terms we used yesterday on the show with uh, Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute were ransom. Other people had different words to describe that, so Governor Pritzker got out and tried to reframe it uh, yesterday. So we'll... We'll share with uh, how he's uh, approaching his reframing, uh, tell you how other people have uh, described uh, that budget speech and how he's uh, putting that money aside uh, because, well, we have to vote on whether or not we're going to allow Springfield uh, to have at our income tax uh, at that particular way. But they keep forgetting a big, 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 big point of this. And even all of the pundits who weighed in yesterday, I haven't seen anybody bring up this very big point to it. Uh, so we'll wade through uh, a lot of people's comments, those elected, those not, uh, coming up on the back half of today's show. But first things first, in with all the ladies from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. A 19-year-old man is in custody after Hannibal Police issued an alert this morning warning residents on the city's northwest side to watch out for him. NECOM issued a message this morning saying the unidentified man was caught by police in the Marion County Sheriff's Office. Police had earlier issued that crime alert for a suspect described as a 19-year-old black male standing 6 feet 1 inches tall, weighing 215 pounds. He was said to be wearing a gray sweatshirt and dark pants. Police said the man was last seen around Rendland and Marsh Avenues. Police had warned residents there to not leave vehicles running or unlocked. They had also said that if anyone saw the man, to not approach him and to call 911. We'll have more on that for you this afternoon. Quincy woman faces charges of kidnapping and forgery after she allegedly abducted her children from their legal guardian Thursday afternoon and then presented false documents to Quincy police. Quincy police have identified her as 26-year-old Autumn Owlsley. They say that around 4.45 Wednesday afternoon, she took her children from a home in the 300 block of South 5th Street where they were staying with their legal guardian. That guardian called police. Owsley then met officers at the Quincy Police Department. Police say there, Owsley presented false court documents claiming she had custody of her kids. She was jailed on counts of kidnapping and forgery, and the children were returned to their legal guardian. She's probably due in court today. Quincy Liquor Store was held up last night, but the suspected robber from Menden was caught early this morning. Quincy police say they were called to the liquor booth at 1500 North 12th just before midnight. The clerk there told cops a man with his face and hands covered came into the store and demanded cash. 
The clerk complied. The robber took off on foot. Quincy police called in the Adams County Sheriff's Office, and deputies came up with a suspect in less than an hour after the robbery. 21-year-old Austin Kreps of Menden was found near 6th and Lynn. Items used in the robbery were also allegedly found in his vehicle. Kreps is charged on robbery counts. He'll likely also have a hearing today. A Quincy man facing several Class X charges after a late July incident has seen a settlement with prosecutors turned down after he said he felt coerced into accepting it. Gage Patterson was in Adams County Circuit Court yesterday afternoon for a plea hearing. He was due to plead guilty to two counts of aggravated domestic battery in connection with the July 2019 incident. In return, three Class X counts, including home invasion and two counts of armed violence, were to be dropped. After Patterson's statement, Judge Robert Adrian rejected the plea deal and set a hearing for February 26th. Patterson also faces charges in Sangamon County after an incident that led to the death of 16-year-old Kaylee Mahachko of Quincy. Patterson's facing one count of violating an order of protection there. He's pleaded not guilty. Mahachko died after the car she was driving ran into a pond at Rail Golf Course in Sherman. Patterson was in the passenger seat of that car but was able to escape. He's in the Adams County Jail on a total of $580,000 bond. A new London man faces three counts of assault after an incident Tuesday morning where he allegedly hit several vehicles, including two belonging to law enforcement, during a chase from New London to Hannibal, which injured four people. Those counts were filed of a second-degree assault, rather, were filed on Wednesday against Jeremy Charlton by Rawls County Prosecuting Attorney Rodney Rodenbaugh. The charges are based on an incident Tuesday morning starting in New London. Authorities say while being questioned by a Rawls County Sheriff's deputy, Charlton allegedly rammed the deputy's vehicle and then sped off. That vehicle had been reported stolen Saturday in Columbia. During the chase, Charlton is said to have intentionally hit another Rawls County Sheriff's patrol vehicle, a Missouri State Highway patrol vehicle, and a third vehicle before stopping on New London Road just south of Hannibal. Charlton then tried to run away before he was caught. Two Rawls County deputies suffered minor injuries in the incident and two others in Charlton's car. 32-year-old Rebecca Doherty of Hannibal, 27-year-old Brittany Rail of New London, both suffered serious injuries. All four were taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital. Court documents say Charlton admitted, quote, extensively using meth and not having slept in approximately two weeks, end quote. He's being held in the Marion County Jail without bond and will be in court on Monday. Authorities say that a deer sent flying when it was hit by a car in southeast Iowa crashed through the window of a second car, killing its driver. The accident happened just after 7 o'clock Wednesday night on Iowa 92, just west of Sigourney. The Iowa State Patrol says the deer went into went onto the road from the north ditch and then was hit by a westbound car. That deer was knocked into the air and then went through the windshield of an eastbound car. The uh, driver that was killed was identified as 45-year-old Donald Burdick of North English. And John Wood Community College's spring enrollment is up, and the college will have an eSports program this fall. JWCC board Wednesday night heard a report that the college's spring credit hour enrollment is up 1.2% from this time last year. Statement from the college says that trend continues to defy the downward trend of community colleges across the state and the country. JWCC says that in the last few years, it's started new programs to attract potential students to support workforce needs of area businesses. The idea for an eSports program started with JWCC's Leadership Council, and the program will include Overwatch, FIFA 20, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Rocket League, and Madden NFL. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, I'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media, including both Twitter and Facebook, including what will be presented during the State of the City Address being put on by Mayor Kyle Moore. That will be going on starting at around noon at the Exchange Club.
Oh, yeah. State of the city today. He has used that in the past to reveal items that he wants to introduce for the upcoming uh, fiscal year. Um, interesting to see what he reveals this time around, because if you think about it, he's only got this one and another one, and then done. So what you're saying is uh, you think that Mayor Moore is focused on a legacy? I wouldn't see why not. Wouldn't you be after eight years? I mean, he's been in, he's been in between, well, actually, it'll be 12 years, considering he was an alderman before that, so... I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, time's time's ticking. So if you if you've got stuff that you want to get done, you might as well try to do it. Stuff that stuff that you want to get done uh, versus good pragmatic government. I don't I don't know that. I'm going to get personal about it. I don't know that Kyle thinks of it as this is about me. I think he looks at it as this is about the city. Well, yeah, but I mean, if there's stuff that you want to get done that you think would be good policy for the city well there's plenty of things that i think people think would be good for the city but uh, are they are they doable can can you get from point a to point b and if the situation is i you can't foresee it being done within your time in office and you don't foresee somebody following through on that can you make promises that you aren't going to be there to to fulfill what? A politician making promises that they can't fulfill? What? Call me crazy. That never happens. Call me, call me crazy. Again, I come back to, I, I, don't, I, I think, just don't see Kyle being that. I think a lot of it, though, will be tied into the, um, into the sustainability reports and also what uh, the Quincy Next strategic plan sure. has proposed. I think a lot of it has will have to do with that. And that's at uh, noon today, you said, at the Exchange uh, Club? Yeah, the, uh, the Exchange Club meeting starts at 11.45, and the members will guffaw and talk about things and get their lunch, and then <laughs> Mayor Moore will speak. All right. All right. Thank you very much, sir. It's 10.17. We'll take a time out and come back and tell you what Governor Pritzker said yesterday about uh, some... Some concerns about the money that he set aside vis-a-vis we, the taxpaying voters of Illinois, passing the graduated progressive fair tax. Uh, the reframing, as it were, from Governor Pritzker when we come back on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Please, no Cardinal fans. Why am I playing this song? Please <laughs> know uh, that this is only adding to Steve's pain this morning, ironically. Steve is trying to fix uh, the way baseball <laughs> and, and I guess all of professional athletes are paid during the break. Uh, fantastic, Steve. You You're should... injured, you don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> See how well that goes over. You're paid to play. If you don't pay, if you don't play, you don't get paid. Yeah, the strongest union in all of sports uh, yeah. will go along for that <laughs> one. That's for sure. Yeah, Steve they'll snap that right up yeah. with an iron fist. Steve, mm. said, well, go ahead and explain why the only you're good news upset. is that the uh, game starts tomorrow. Spring training first game is tomorrow. Yeah, I'm we sorry, haven't even started. Meant, I'm sorry, yet. you meant Steve Ford Frick Bowl. Is that what you meant? <laughs> go ahead and explain, baby. Steve got wound up. Out. I read this morning an article where Paul Goldschmidt, the Cardinals' first baseman slugger, we pay him for his arm, and he's got a sore elbow, and he's not throwing in the spring training drills 
Because of it, it looks like he'll be the DH for spring training games, at least to start. Goldie. Hurt already. Steve has been wound up this morning because now that's the second prominent Redbird who's got some arm issues and we haven't even started playing. Right. We haven't even started playing games yet. At least a month for Michaelis. At least. Now I won't get Don't get mad at the players, get mad at the trainers. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump already. Injuries Uh, are part of every season, Steve. I know, but it's Spring training. The season hasn't even started. It's part of the season. It's a cardinal in the cardinal motto, next man up. <laughs> yes. So Ron yeah. Hell Ravello, and Steve's ah. excited about Ron Hell Ravello. Ron Hell Ravello. Ravello. Ron Hell Ravello uh, grabbing his mitt and uh, taking some reps at first base while Goldschmidt rests his, his throwing right. arm. And unlike Dave Kingman, his glove does not need to be repaired with a welding torch. So that'll be good. <laughs> you just aged yourself there, sir. There's oh. a lot of a lot of younger news roundtable lists are like, who? Dave Kingman? Who's Dave Kingman? Great bat, no glove. <sighs> Welcome back to the News Roundtable Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1023. Yesterday on the show, we had uh, Adam Schuster uh, from Illinois Policy Institute join us to talk about Governor Pritzker's uh, budget address in which he said that uh, because he doesn't know, and he doesn't know, whether we, the taxpaying Illinois voters, will approve his graduated progressive fair tax, he can't put that money towards the budget proper. So he decided to set aside money and say, if you don't vote for this, this is what we're not going to spend on these particular programs. The word that jumped to my mind, and I scribbled down on scratch paper while he was giving the address, was ransom. And I brought that up to Adam Schuster. Apparently, Adam Schuster had the same word flow through his mind uh, in Springfield while the address was being made. Uh, I said at the time I hadn't heard anybody else use those terms, and I still haven't. Uh, but there are other terms that have been used. Uh, Representative Avery Bourne, by the way, if you visit uh, WTAD.com, there is an article that popped up uh, yesterday about uh, the budget address. Uh, It's under the headline, Republicans say uh, Illinois schools held hostage in uh, governor's budget plan. That's one word used. Uh, State Rep Avery Bourne in that piece uh, said that uh, Pritzker was using a bullying tactic. Uh, State Rep Steve Reek from uh, Woodstock said that he interpreted the governor's call to hold back $150 million of $350 million in additional school funding as a threat. That was, And then he went full uh, Adam Schiff voice delivery and created a, a scenario where the governor is... Uh, a movie character, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you the full shift. It's a nice funding formula you got there, see? It'd be a shame if something happened to it, see? I'm adding the C's in, but, uh, Reek, uh, did you say those uh, words? Uh, Will Gazzardi, however, says, oh, no, 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 the governor is constitutionally required to introduce a budget that only has current revenues. Oh. So Gazzardi says, I think that He's done that, and he said also, if we get the revenues we need, here are the investments we can make, which kind of 
kind of softens the way the governor put it. Uh, I said, why didn't Governor Pritzker say, these are the things we would like to do. If you vote for this, then we can. But instead of saying, well, we'll spend this, but if you don't vote for it, we're going to cut. And I thought it was just a different way of approaching it, especially considering that the governor led with there are cynics everywhere. Well, it's hard not to be a cynic when you frame things that way. Also, to Gazzardi's point, that the governor is constitutionally required to introduce a budget that only has current revenues. I don't believe that's what happened for the fiscal year 2020 budget. We budgeted uh, based on revenue that had yet to materialize. Uh, legalization of marijuana revenue, expanded gaming revenue. We're still waiting on sports gaming revenue. The governor said that this would be in place by March Madness, quote unquote. So sports gaming, for the application of it, I mean, obviously there are uh, fees that have been paid, rights fees, but the money proper from the usage hasn't really started flowing yet. Uh, so I'm not sure that Gazzardi's points uh, about a constitutionally required budget that only has current revenues, eh, there's some fuzzy areas uh, around that. And still no one is talking about the fair graduated progressive tax uh, being the gateway to Springfield adjusting income tax rates anytime. Nothing's fixed with this. We're arguing over whether it should happen or not, but we're not arguing about if it does happen, what could happen following that. The, 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 the slippery slope argument. With nothing fixed, it's variable, uh, meaning that they, Springfield politicians, can change them as they see fit. I think that is a more dangerous thing than adjusting them to have them be different instead of flat in the first place. It's a deeper argument, and I think a, a deeper flawed system. Would it make it easier on Springfield to balance things? Oh, yes. Would it make it easier on you as a taxpayer? No. It would make it more difficult because at any given time, I'm sure there would be rules, and I'm sure there are rules on a deeper level somewhere that would mean that would say that they can't just change them. Well, there have to be a window of time that they stay at a certain rate, perhaps for a fiscal year or a calendar. I'm not sure, but opening that gateway, opening that window to adjusting those rates whenever you need to, I think, is a dangerous thing that I haven't heard other people uh, talking about. In response to people uh, questioning his framing of that, the, the potential money from the graduated progressive fair tax. Uh, yesterday, Governor Pritzker uh, defended his proposal uh, to hold school funding in reserve. Uh, this from the uh, piece at the center square. Governor said, if there's no fair tax, we'll only increase it by $200 million and not $350 million, which is what we would like to do, which is, uh, I believe he says we should put more in. That's the framing I thought he would use in the initial budget address. Uh, governor said that increasing taxes through the progressive income tax would allow the state to spend more on schools to help ease pressure on property taxes. Okay, even though it's still coming out of the same pocket. Ultimately, school districts in Illinois, uh, as Bishop points out, rely on property tax levities for the majority of school funding um so he did try to massage that and alter the position on that but I, I in a deeper look at the things he listed off and i don't know that i'm gonna have time to get into it why were those things chosen 
the budget's pretty big. There's a lot of things covered that that get paid for uh, via Springfield. That 1.4 billion of spending, why did it include 308 million for education? Why 480 million for a Medicaid provider payment increase? Um, why 600 million for state and local government initiatives? I, I find it interesting that those were the things that were highlighted. And I think it's a gamble on the governor's part to say, I'm setting aside these specific things and not even expand it more and say it's a larger pot that could be affected by it instead of these specific things. Why did he do that? Why did he choose those Things. By the way, State Task Force on Asset Sales and uh, Transfer to Benefit the Pension uh, System, which is still underfunded, is expected soon. I'm not sure what soon means. Stay tuned. Yeah, we've talked about that before, too. Are you ready for the pensioners to have control over state assets? I don't think we're done with that conversation either. That's the Friday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in Monday morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene Monday morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.